Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Jeff Love. Jeff, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Jeff is a partner at Gibbs Gidden Attorneys at Law, focusing on real estate transactions. I'm excited to have you on. Jeff, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. I am a Southern California native. I've got two kids at home, two and four, so I'm right in the thick of all the craziness that comes along with that, especially given COVID and staying at home. So my house is a madhouse. So <laughs> when you typically go home to escape from work, I'm trying to go to work to escape from home for the time <laughs> being, at least. Um, I'm a transactional attorney. I'm a partner at Gibbs Gidden, as you said. We are a uh, West Coast regional-based law firm, and I focus on I focus on deals. So I help clients buy and sell commercial real estate. I help clients do uh, lease commercial space, help landlords lease the tenants, and on the commercial side. I act as outside general counsel to a number of businesses from your startup to your mid to large mid-market company, drafting contracts, negotiating deals, and focusing on mergers and acquisitions. So helping companies acquire other companies, helping companies raise capital, raise debt, really through the whole lifespan of, of their business. Got it. Nice. And so you you mentioned obviously we are having this conversation on October the fourteenth, and we are during COVID. I don't know if we're at the beginning, the middle, or the end. What what is really top of mind for you right now? Is there something that 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 you're working most on? I'm seeing a lot of deals resume, which which is really exciting. So one of the when COVID started back in March, we had a lot of big kind of mergers and acquisitions we're working on and. Like every other business, they didn't know what the future held, so they hit the pause button. Same thing with commercial leasing, really business in general. And a lot of those have resumed in the last month or so. And the first one that was actually paused for us, acquisition of a a pipe manufacturer, it closed last week. (laughs) So I've got a lot of deals that are resuming, which is exciting, not only the fact that we get to see them through completion, but it does show me good signs, you know, for business, the economy in general, that people are realizing, you know, we're in the thick of this. It's not, you know, two weeks or a month, as as many of us were, were told, at least in California, that it's here. It's maybe for the foreseeable future. We've got to make adjustments. We've got to keep our businesses' lives going. And I'm seeing that through kind of the resumption of a lot of these deals and uh capital flowing businesses being acquired new new properties being sold so that's really what's on my desk today and to me it's exciting because it shows me what it holds for uh hopefully the next couple months that is exciting that that the first deal that got put on hold just just went through so that is hopefully hope for the future um all right so when you are helping 
do do you work with uh, tenants or do you work with the actual? Um, I'm, I'm I'm spacing on the other party. Landlords. 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 We we represent both, which you know it de- depends on the situation. But we've got you know a number of uh, retail chains that we work with kind of throughout the country, and we're helping them on deals. We represent a lot of develop developers and owners of shopping centers. So one benefit to that is, I guess, see both sides, what's important to each. And now more than ever is counseling people to be, you know, be reasonable. You don't need to, you know, hit that grand slam, <laughs> but you hit the, you know, hit the triple, so to speak, and make the deal work for both parties. So I know, you know, what's important to the landlord, what's important to the tenant. And that's really how you, you're getting deals done now. If one side is too aggressive, if you, if you really fight tooth and nail for those points that maybe don't have a real business or financial impact to you, you're at risk of losing the deal. So it's kind of taught me you know, and really you know, counseling clients is you really got to be reasonable and think what, what's most important to you. And that's the points that you should negotiate and fight over and let the little ones and the you know minutia and small details that you don't really care about, you know, leave those on the table. Yeah, don't uh, sweat the small stuff quite as much as, as maybe we used to. Do you, uh, <laughs> is 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 that you being hopeful or do you think that that's going to be the real practice moving forward? That's a good question. <laughs> Obviously, I'm hopeful. You know, I, I see it more than I did six months ago. Mm-hmm. And you, you summed it perfectly, you know, not sweating the small stuff because there's so much else going on. It's, you know, we got to focus on what's important. So I'm, I'm hoping that that is something that survives. Unfortunately, it's not universal. You know, I, I've got in the real estate context, we have a lot of these moratoriums like many other states have where you can't evict residential tenants or even commercial tenants while we have these safer at home orders. So we've had landlords that are trying to be creative and say, hey, I can't evict this tenant. I can't really do anything. So I'm going to take this roundabout approach and I'm going to sue you under your personal guarantee tenant Mm. and I'm going to stick it to you and I'm going to get every penny you owe me. And it's what deals like that. Yeah, you have the right to, but the tenant's going to fight you and it's really not showing me, you know, that reasonable good faith approach. And those are the ones where the landlords, you know, they're really fighting over the rent. The ones that have been reasonable and tenants too. There's, there's many tenants that aren't paying rent at all that are taking that same unreasonable approach, but the ones that are and are trying to work kind of as a team and you be fair to me, I'll be fair to you. Those are the deals that I've gotten done. And that's what I hope sticks around because it makes for, makes for better business deals. And ultimately it's a better result and you have a better relationship with that other party at the outset of this, outside of the transaction you're entering into. Yeah. I appreciate that very much. And certainly we, I, would endeavor to try to come into a negotiation with good faith and be as upfront and forthright as possible um, on, on, on both sides as the landlord and as the tenant to your point because um, because there are so many different variables and there's I mean obviously the disease and then there's regulation that's happening at at, at the state level and the national level and, and the local level so many things to be balancing and then 
I oftentimes are, are I guess I'm I'm curious are 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 there ever people going to the deal table that are not represented by counsel like you? Is it how often is that happening? It does. It happens, you know, not all the time, but we we do get that and the problem with it is, you know, it, it's sometimes not, you know, sometimes best to have, have represented not an attorney but you know, no matter what you're dealing with, whether it's a real estate broker, kind of have that represented because it lets you be a little bit removed and you don't take things, you know, personal. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, personal. So sometimes, you know, if we're dealing with a landlord and we're representing a tenant, the landlord's representing by himself, the tenant may, you know, critique the building and say, well, hey, you haven't, there's deferred maintenance, there's things you have to keep up. Just like in a residential context when you're using a broker, taking things personal when it's not really meant to be personal or negotiating terms that makes it difficult you know there are certain times and place when i think it makes sense and a lot of what we're seeing is not in the real estate context as much but with starting a business you see a lot of cost cutting and you know rightfully so when you're starting a business you don't have you might not have the funds to pay for these advisors you know that could be expensive but i can't tell you how many times that we have fixed a operating agreement or you know a partnership agreement that someone was to get got a form agreement from one of these online websites that you, know, you pay a couple hundred dollars and we'll, we'll form this company for you but it really isn't a one-size-fits-all and we end up having to fix that and kind of customize it for the business so the advice there is yes be, be cost conscious you know Make sure you have the budget when you're creating your business or you're entering into a you know, real estate lease or any type of transaction, but know that sometimes and oftentimes it is more expensive to fix something after the fact than it is just to pay to have it done right the first time. The whole ounce prevention pound a cure deal, right? You got it. And that's that's true of everything in life, and but tough medicine to, to, to swallow up front to your point when people are just getting their their business up and running. And I, I imagine it's probably not as bad when it's just one person versus if there's a partnership because there's all kinds of things that can happen when there's other people involved, right? You, you got it. And those kind of things, when you have that partner, what happens if that partner dies or gets sick? And they leave their share in that business to their son or uncle or nephew, and you don't get along with them or, or their spouse, and you don't get along with them. And now this business that you've worked five years to build, you've got a partner on the other side that you're just unable to work with. So you run into issues like that or issues where one partner wants to keep pumping money into the business to grow it. And the other one has a much shorter span. They may be nearing retirement saying, yeah, I, I wanted to have, a, have an exit strategy and there's an inherent conflict. So it's thinking through those issues ahead of time, making sure you're on the same page. Whereas if you're the sole owner of a business, um, you don't necessarily have those issues. Those issues may come later if you bring on a partner and you go to raise capital and then you have another person to deal with. And you know, the question then becomes, why would I have a partner? Is Well, this partner can bring strategic value. Uh, you may need capital. So there are definitely reasons to, to have the partnership. You just want to make sure that you've thought through those kind of difficult issues at the outset because, like we said before, 
that ounce of prevention is saves you a lot of money. It's kind of like your business prenup. You want to protect yourself before you get to that point where you have that nasty business divorce or that conflict that ends up costing you a lot more money to resolve. And money is, is obviously, obviously <laughs> super important. But and I mean, I just can't even imagine the the time and attention suck and the pain and the emotional strain of having to go through one of those scenarios of an unhappy partner that came into the business or they died and now the spouse wants to run the business or whatever. I mean, yes, there's a huge financial toll, but I imagine that the all the other variables are also taxing. They are. And, and that's probably, you know, my, as you said, money is incredibly important, but kind of the administrative burden and the headache and just kind of the, the pulling teeth, excuse the expression, going in dealing with some of these issues, you just, you know, you don't want to deal with it. It takes you apart, you know, and distracts you from the business. That's, you know, where you're making your money. And it's something that could potentially be avoided. So that is something, you know, whenever we create new businesses and there's partners, that's something that we really go through with them. And they're not always easy questions because you're talking about someone's potential death or divorce or disability, um, you know, retirement. And they can be difficult questions. But those questions are much easier answered at the outset than it is when they actually happen. And going back to that divorce situation, you think of a nasty divorce you can have a nasty business divorce too. And it, it, it's painful, you know, on, on all sides. What kind of a, are, are there certain documents that, that, that we're sort of talking about and referring to? There are a lot of times you'll see it in an actual operating agreement or partnership agreement. You'll list, you know, certain provisions, you know, audience may have heard of a buy sell. It's kind of a, a list of provisions and certain terminology that you may put in one of those agreements. And what, the, what those really say is, you know, what's going to happen if someone dies? Do I have to buy out my partner? Is the spouse allowed to stay in the business? What do I have to buy them out of? Do we have the appraisal of the company? Do we have a formula? How long do I have to buy them out of the business? So it really deals with, you know, in one sense, kind of succession planning and events. And the other big area that you, you see a lot is, what about transfer? Like, can I just take my interest in my company and can I sell it to my brother? Or do you, as my partner or partners, do you want the right to buy back first? So I have to come to you and sell you my interest before I can just sell it to anyone or leave it to leave it to my kids. So it's it's really thinking about kind of the ownership, especially with you know, smaller companies. The bigger you get, the more of these provisions kind of go away because you've hit that size that it's no longer tenable. And one from the owner is not as critical as if you had a business that was owned 50-50. But it's really kind of going through those provisions and realizing who do we want to be owners of the company and thinking through the lifespan and, well, what's my 10-year plan? Hey, partner, what, what's your 10-year plan? I think that that is, I mean, just obviously an extremely valuable um, valuable process thing to have in place but then also just from a if, if, if you're not the person that that sits down and does a lot of planning if, if, you're, the, if you're this visionary entrepreneur uh, but to go through that exercise of talking about that and thinking through it with with your partners I think just that process alone has got to be extremely valuable for people definitely is and you're right it, it, 
we've had many clients that are just brilliant entrepreneurs that they're, you know, they're money-making machines. They come up with new products and new ideas, but they're very, they're very poor planners. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some very, in, on the flip side, very well, some very wealthy individuals that, you know, they may not even have you know, an estate plan. You know, so my first is, have you talked to your estate planning attorney? Have you talked to your accountant to make sure that everything you've built is protected? Um, and those individuals, you, it's, it's really, you, you really want to think high term in what you, what you think about, you know, high, it's a high term, I'm assuming long term is, uh, where do you want to end up? If you're building this business, do I want it to go to my kids? Do I want to sell it? And you, you really just got to pull a couple minutes from that entrepreneur spirit and, and really building the business to think about where you want to end up. And, and that sometimes is enough to get them to think about this concept and realize, you know, the worst thing would be for me to build this business and then not have it be protected. Let me take that. Let me take this couple of minutes. Let me see where I want to go, where my partners are going to go. And you're able to, to kind of get it done and, and write the ship, so to speak. Yeah. That makes sense. Just do it. Stop talking about it. Stop putting it off, Jeff. And let's just let's just get this done. <laughs> well, Jeff, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? You know, I think the best thing I can do is, especially now more than ever, is you know, really be open on communication. That, that's something I do with my clients. I tell my clients is we expect answers so fast to everything nowadays with our, our, our texting and cell phones and emails and everyone's on, on Zoom. It's, if anyone's busy, be responsive, communicate with your partners, with your, your vendors, customers, because just telling someone that you're, you're, you're busy, you'll, you'll get back to them, goes so much further you know, than waiting that 24 hours to respond to an email, even if you're swamped, because it know, let them know that you're thinking about them. And I've gotten such positive results from clients just letting them know that you know, I'm always thinking about them and how I respond, you know, respond so quickly, even if I'm busy, it lets them know that I'm going to get back to them and that I got their email and that, that they are at the top of my head. So responsiveness and communication. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets Come on. Come on. Again, talking about that uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure right there. Just the, 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 the quick message, hey, got, got your email. I'll get back to you, you know, later today or whatever it might be. Just to let 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 people know that you saw them and 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 that you're paying attention. I think that's excellent. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you, and how can people engage with you? Reach out to me anytime. You can find more information on our website www.gibbsgiddens.com. My email is jlove at gibbsgiddens.com. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn and social media. Always happy to connect. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jeff your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to gibbsgiddin.com. That's G-I-B-B-S-G-I-D-E-N.com. Shoot him an email. Find him on social media. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Jeff. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. Spending too much time on social Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, 
body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.